seat and grab a glass. Millennial Sun Podcast. Time to wind down, swirl that glass, open up. If you like how it's feeling, catch the fire, turn it up. Y'all know what time it is. The Millennial Sun Podcast. Have a seat and grab a glass. Millennial Sun Podcast. Time to wind down, swirl that glass, open up. If you like how it's feeling, catch the fire, turn it up. Going on, everyone. It's Isis Daniel, also known as the Millennial Psalm, and we are here for another episode of the Millennial Psalm Podcast. 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 All right. Now, y'all, I'm super excited to be here, like I am every week. I say it every week because we always got so much to catch up on, but we also got a fire, a wonderful, a great podcast episode for you because we got my girl, the Bubbly Stuff. Here to talk about, of course, the bubbles. She's the bubbleista, so obviously, let's let's get into it. But we also talk about wine and luxury and being all right with being able to splurge on yourself. And understand splurge means very, very different things for different people and different price points. And we talk about that. We talk about mental health. We're talking, you know, she a whole lawyer, <laughs> like a whole one. So she also is going to, you know, talk to us a little bit about business. So all my entrepreneurs out there, you definitely want to stay tuned and listen because when it comes to protecting yourself and trademarks and IP and all of that, she is your girl and she got you. And we, she was dropping gems. <laughs> dropping straight gems in this podcast episode so y'all stay tuned and of course at the very end I have my great music and wine pairing that I I labored over this uh playlist um you know making music playlists is a way that I decompress I've been making playlists ever since I was a little girl um and it's always fun for me to share this with you guys uh it it feels really really intimate when i make these um, music playlists so um i'm happy to share it with y'all you, you see how i get all shy like you know what i'm saying like I, but yeah i'm excited for that so let's go ahead and just get into this first segment which is me talking about my life here in paris uh i've tried very hard to upload videos online about my experience you know i promised you guys a vlog well i'm gonna be real with you I don't think the Lord is seeing fit that that happens. All right. I make videos and reels and I post and I'm telling you guys about what's going on on different things. But for some reason, when I try to make my vlogs, it's just not working. First thing I try to do, I made a video, try to download it from the app. The app was like, nah. Next time I try to make the video within Instagram and Instagram was like, nah. Then last night, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to make a little update on my stories. Literally every video, with exception of the first video, where all I said was, oh, I got something on my nose, <laughs> okay? None of those other videos posted. The only one I did was the nose one. And the videos that, or the posts that I shared after, you know, just obviously I love to highlight different um, wine professionals and brands and food and music on my stories. It's a great time. Check it out. <laughs> um, but those videos uploaded after. The only videos I didn't upload were my updates. So since we've been successfully able to talk about what's going on on my podcast, we just go, we're going to talk about what's been happening in Paris on the podcast. And then when I can sneak in some good videos, I will. All right. I'm not stressing myself out because why? All right. But let's, let's go ahead and talk. Um, I'm a very private person. Uh, although yes, I'm in social media, 
I take pride in being authentic and transparent with my journey. Like I try my best to be as open as I can comfortably with you guys because I believe in unity and I believe that when you learn a lesson or you know, sometimes just sharing your experience, you never know what someone else is going to glean from it. So it's important to be open and honest and transparent as you grow, especially when you are in a public, when your work is within a public platform, right? Um, when I decided to do a vlog, it was not an easy decision for me because I knew that I was going to be in a state of transition and definitely in a state where things were going to be slightly unstable. I do not like showing myself but so bad because um, I don't even, I'm not even with my friends and my family as open as I could be when I'm going through the, you know, the struggles of life. I'm just being completely transparent. You know, I'm a planner. Um, I make sure details are set in place, especially when I travel or when I'm out. Um, you know, I, I make sure I just, I make sure that the details are detailing. Okay. And when I decided to come out here, this was more of a leap of faith where things weren't as set up as I would have liked but you know school was gonna start whether I came out here or not so I had to pack up my ish and go got me no job I only booked a place for a month because I was advised to do that they were like yo find a place in Paris is very difficult and you also don't want to be stuck in a, um, in a community that you're not comfortable with you know rent a spot for a month maybe two and just like date some communities and go from there so that's what I did I took people's advice and I actually am very grateful that I did but as the week started going by and I wasn't really landing a job, I was, you know, having interviews and people were, you know, excited to work with me and they're interested, but nothing was solidified. Um, again, month is dwindling. Money is not being solidified. And I got to find a new spot in a month. And I'm really, 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 really trying not to go home with my tail between my legs, which my friend told me, you know, you got to put pride aside, but I ain't going to hold you. That's really how I was feeling. I was feeling down. Um, the first like couple weeks, you know, I was inspired. I was like, listen, I have, I have jumped off a ledge before and landed on my feet. I'm gonna be good. Well, yesterday and the day before that, I was not feeling good. I was feeling very defeated because I felt like I took this leap of faith, really trusting God and trusting that my gifts will make room for me, right? And I was just like, man, I feel like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I do feel I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. But it's just like, I need I need help. I need stability. I can't just be out here. Like, that's how I felt. And I just felt completely on my own, even though I had friends and family calling and checking in and telling me like, yo, you're good. We got you. I'm the type of person who I'm independent to a fault. And being in a position where I might need people more than I would prefer to was definitely chipping away at my ego and my pride, which, you know, this is when you're in a space where you're doing something new and fresh and you're in a different environment, there's no room for pride. There's no room for ego, but I would be lying if I didn't acknowledge the fact that those two things were definitely present. Um, but what my friend ended up telling me to do, like, listen, you haven't really gone on a walk because it's been rainy and ugly, okay? <laughs> but he told me to go on a walk, so I did. Um, and pretty much was like, yo, you go on walks, go on a walk, you need fresh air, you need to allow your mind to really work and be open. And so that's what I did yesterday. And on that walk, whether you believe in God or not, I'm just going to share my experience. I went on a walk and I was open to speaking to God. I wasn't at first, but you know, God was walking with me. He was like, hey, listen, I'm here when you're ready to talk. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to talk. And pretty much God told me, 
when you move into a space, you're not always going to know what the answers are, how you're supposed to move. But what's important is not that you know every detail. What's important is that you seek the details out. And I have been seeking. And God pretty much told me like straight, you're good. You're protected. I have you. I have never left you out to dry, especially when you are doing things that I told you you could do. Like I really felt free to pack up my stuff and move to Paris. Something that I never even thought was a a, a, a possibility or an option for me. I really did feel like God said, I want you to do this and I got something there for you. So to come out here and to really come out here with a dream and a belief that I'm going to discover the the plans that God has for me, right? And to feel like, yo, you told me I can come out here, but you by yourself, I'm by myself. I don't have answers. It was reassuring to feel like, yo, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And although I don't have answers right now, God is telling me straight up, I am protected. And lie to you not, my mom gave me some advice. I wasn't really feeling it. On my walk back, God was like, do it. And I did it. Living situation is straight. Then, um, you know, the whole money and job situation, I had been pitching to different companies and reaching out to old contacts and stuff and just trying to like get some things going and flowing. Everything was real slow, wasn't really hearing back. And then all of a sudden, boom, what happens? I come home, I get an email, then I get a DM and then I get another email and then I get a DM. And it's like people who are interested in working or had already started the process of working, but had to pause. And it was just like, dang, like, okay. So that's working for me. Um, and it was just like, you know, I heard from a brother and I heard from my niece and it just was like, it was a beautiful day yesterday because God reminded me that not only am I not alone, not only will God provide for me and help me see his vision and my vision through to the end till it's finished, right? But also I got to do this for my family and for the ones, you know, my little ones who are under me, my nieces and nephews, my younger brothers, my future children. You know, this is a, a moment in my life that matters. And when the going gets tough, it's always as if right when you're about to have a breakthrough, right when there's about to be opportunity, you want to give up. And that's what happened yesterday. I wanted to give up and I didn't want to pack up my shit and go home, but I was like, man, I'm gonna have to pack up my shit and go home. Like, you know what I mean? And God was like, no, stick through. And immediately I received words of encouragement and answers to prayers that I have been praying for weeks. Uh, so you know, we're going to get into this, you know, living in luxury because talk about living in luxury. This my luxury purchase. Uh, yesterday, God was like, yo, go buy a plant. I love plants. And I went, I have gone out of my way to not buy a plant because I was like, man, I'm not living in the place that I'm going to live permanently. I don't want to have to purchase a plant and then not be able to take care of it. And God was like, plants bring you joy. You need to buy a plant and just do something for yourself because right now things are tight, but I'm telling you, I got you. And I bought this little plant. And I, when I tell you his name is Phoenix and I think, I just think he's just the world. <laughs> but you know, when we talk about living in luxury and we're going to, you know, again, talk more about it in a few moments, but it's not always the most expensive purchase. Sometimes living in luxury is just doing a small thing 
that really brings a smile to your face and makes you feel proud and happy and whole. And that's what nature does for me. It definitely inspires me and it makes me happy. I mean, I'm looking at my plant right now, just like, yeah, man, when I got my plant, everything going to be all right. Like that's how I feel. So um, I just, I don't know why I'm telling y'all that. I just, you know, I just, I just be talking to y'all cause y'all my friends, but I want to encourage whoever is going through a hard time and they're not really seeing the fruits of their labor or they're not sure what they've been investing in is even worth it. I'm telling you right now, stay the course. Uh, you're going to be all right. All right. We all going to be okay. We just got to stay the course, like I said. But let's go ahead and get into this interview with the Bubbleista. That's my girl. Honestly, the entire episode, she is dropping gems. All right. So no matter if you are a, you know, wine professional, we talking about DOCG and Prosecco. Boom. We got gems there. Then we also talking about going to therapy and we talking about luxury and we talking about being black women deserving to live in luxury. And can we just talk about minorities who honestly don't feel like they have the opportunity or the resources to be able to do so? I mean, we talked about everything. So let me stop giving it away. Let's go ahead and get into this episode, or this interview rather, and again, stick to the end so that you can hear our music and wine pairing. Let's get it. Devon D. E. Hatchett is a freelance lifestyle writer, wine law, trademarks, and brand strategist attorney, and the CEO of Bon Vie de Vin. Come on, French. <laughs> Translation, The Good Wine Life, a lifestyle brand normalizing diversity and equity in luxury wine, food, and travel spaces. She's been featured as a wine expert in Wine Enthusiast magazine and will also be featured in an upcoming panel article for The Local Palette magazine. How are you, Devon, the AKA Bubbly Star? Bubbly Star, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited about this. I've been looking forward to it for long time so thank you I'm so excited to have you on I mean I remember the first time I met you come on shout out to La Crema <laughs> pop-up experience okay La Ooh. Crema thank you for, to La Crema for bringing us together in real life okay <laughs> I mean I honestly when we first met we were playing games we were drinking great wine it was awesome vibes and I knew especially when I started to learn more about you and everything that you have going on I mean how okay let me pause because we're about to jump all the way into this podcast before I ask the first question, which is the most one, one of the most important questions. We actually have wine on this episode because we're not going to be we living in luxury wine. and not sipping, right? So what are we sipping today? That's how we do. That's how we do. So we are sipping from the Prosecco Superiore DOCG producer called Somariva. It's spelled S-O-M-M-A-R-I-V-A. And they are doing some amazing things over in the DLCG region. Um, that region is known as Corneliano Valdo Viazene. Come on. I pra- practice, I practice, uh, you know, you go to Italy for a few days and think you know something. Okay, <laughs> live it, know it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I love about Somariva is it is like girl power in a class. They have so many women at so many levels at this winery. Um, the, the, the mother who inherited from her dad has now brought her daughter in. So her daughter's in college right now. And um, she's been, you know, taking economics and learning so she can 
take over that business and keep that family heritage of this business going. And so they have women at so many levels at this winery. It's, it's incredible. You know, that's something that um, I've learned from my travels, especially when I was in Italy. The family businesses are so real, you know, and how they work so hard to make sure that we have this legacy, right? You know, it's all about family. And whenever I would go into a restaurant that was family owned, it was wonderful seeing, you would actually walk in and whoever owns the restaurant or the winery, they are working, they are there, they are present, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, when we, so, and I guess I should probably back up and just and Yeah, I guess say. so. So you you know this from personal experience. Did, did you know go this from to Italy? Did you go well, to Well, it just so happens I did. I oh. went to Italy for a media wine trip, um, a press wine trip, and just had my mind blown. Um, you know, we all know that in the last eight to ten years, Prosecco has really blown up as a category. It's gained a lot of traction and become really popular. Um, but the region that I went to was actually a DOCG site. Most Proseccos that are on the market are DOC. And um, for those who don't know, that extra G is like, the G stands for guarantee, like the guarantee of quality. And um, the wine you people- educate so, the people. Oh, okay, I'm trying to give people a little key so they know what to do when they go to the, to the wine shop. <laughs> so, um, the wines here are so special that the region, that little pocket that it comes out of is actually a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So, you know, in order to get that designation, um, you know you have to really be at the top of your game in terms of wine. And, and for reference, you know, Champagne is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So the people in this region are making some incredible wines. Um, they're doing such innovative stuff. They're so sustainability uh, focused and driven. Like for real, for real, they are at the, the head of the pack. They are leading the way. Um, and there are so many other regions that can learn from what they're doing and, and follow suit. Um, because we all know that climate change is a big issue in wine uh, because wine is farming, right? Yeah. So they are doing some incredible things over there. I've learned so much. Um, one of the most magical moments was getting to have dinner with several of the producers in a vineyard. Like it was outside in the vineyard. You know, the, the catering company was stirring up risotto in the vineyard. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we actually got to sit down and talk with these producers. And, and it was like a family meal um, to the extent that we were talking about, you know, wine stuff. And so there was a little debate going on, you know, about some of the um, terminology that's used in wine and, and is it, should it be applicable and we like it and we don't like it. And it, you know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So it was awesome just to have that really kind of exclusive up close and personal contact with them. Um, in addition to being able to go around to all the different wineries that we went to, they're doing, they, they have a, um, wine style called Sui Lieviti, which is on the leaves, basically, you know? And so it's like um, grower champagne with extended leaves, meat, um, pet net, but in a very Italian terroir-driven way. It's incredible. I fell in love with those, those wines. Um, I brought one back with me because you can't get them here. <laughs> 
So, I, so from here on out, whenever I travel, and I think this is a, a wine, a travel hack for people, yes. who, you know, I don't like checking a bag. It's not something I take pleasure in doing. So what I do now in my carry on, I bring an extra bag with me that can fold easily. Right. So that yes. when I get to wherever I'm going, I'm able to put some clothes or whatever I need to in my bag and pack hello. The wine and take it home and hello. check. Hello, <laughs> hello, hello. My only regret was I did not have enough space for the wine. I actually had to leave two bottles behind because I just, I just didn't have space. So I just gave it to the hotel staff. I was like, you know, happy birthday, somebody, because I, I couldn't bring it back. I just yeah. didn't have the room. Um, they were so generous. And um, the, the producer that we're drinking, like I was talking about, so many women in so many positions of authority um, and leadership at the winery. And they're making some incredible wines. You're drinking the um, Prosecco Superiore uh, Brut, and I'm drinking the uh, Arriva de Colabrigo Costa. Uh, Arriva is, um, and it's spelled uh, R-I-V-E. Arriva is a like a little municipality, kind of. And so um, the incredible thing about this particular region is so. We all know what a 90 degree angle looks like, right? Yeah. Imagine picking grapes on a hill with a 70 degree angle slope. Like what that would be like. Woo. <laughs> and I've so, seen it. <laughs> yeah, right. And so it, it's incredible. Um, the, the different microclimates they have, all the different soils. Um, Somariva takes uh, great pride in production. They use, like, for example, they use argon gas to mm -hmm. preserve bubble size because these are, you know, and you can look in your glass. These bubbles yes. are not your typical Prosecco bubbles, right? No, they are not. I noticed that mm -hmm. immediately when I first poured. Right. They're, like, beautiful and pinpoint and, you know, very reminiscent of uh, champagne just in their size and their uh, yes. vivacity, you know? So... That yes, it really is, and they're these producers are just doing so much in terms of being innovative with wine. One of the producers that we went to, um, Soro Soro Branca, instead of doing a dosage, they are using grape must to. Mm. You and know, grape must <laughs> for the people in the back. For the people in the back, um, how do I explain it kind of simply? It's like... I just say unfermented grape juice. It's, yeah, it's like that <laughs> juice, you crush the grapes and you have the juice and it's, you know, they haven't really done a lot with it yet. And uh, mm -hmm. they use that to add complexity to, to their wine. It's just amazing. Yeah. I feel like I'm waxing poetically, but... <laughs> um, first of all... I'm loving listening to you speak about wine and I'm sure that the listeners, y'all talk to me if you feel the same way because, you know, you speak about wine so effortlessly and with such beauty and calmness, you know, it just, it sounds like it is a part of you, which is why, congratulations, you are pursuing your level three WSET, come on, right? Yes. And you're also going after your, wait, what is it? Aren't you your master level champagne? Sorry, yes. Champagne? It, it has been, yes, it's been um, a long process for me. Um, I actually started this a while back, uh, but for those who don't know, and I think you do know, but for those who don't know, 
my dad has been really, really sick um, for the last two years. In fact, <laughs> I can laugh about it now, um, but he just got out of the hospital like three weeks ago. And so it's like he and my mom, even though my mom has been a whole lot better, but it's like he and my mom are jockeying to see who could have the most medical emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> Look, okay, I've I've been um, where you are, and I, um, I I have we talked about this? I don't know if we have. Um, but early in 2020, my dad was sick. He was in the hospital. He didn't have COVID, but it was during COVID, so you can imagine that. And I ended up having to later, you know, care for him when he came out of the hospital. So I'm right here with you. Keep going. You understand? You understand? So. Um, He's been kind of sick, you know, consistently since 2021. And um, so that's, you know, impeded some of the the work that I wanted to do because, you know, I got to take care of my people. I got to take care of my parents. And because we don't live in the same city, that means travel. That means time away from, you know, whatever else it is that I have going on. So I'm still with it. I'm, I've been sticking with it. I've been making in- incremental progress. Um, and I'm going to applaud myself for that. You know, in the past, I would Absolutely. have said, oh, my gosh, you, you know, you didn't do it and you didn't do it well. But now I'm, I'm congratulating myself for whatever little incremental steps that I take that are moving me towards my goal. I'm getting closer and closer. Um, I had an amazing kind of uh, epiphany moment in um, Italy, thanks to... Elaine Brown, who um, is, you know, highly loved and regarded in the wine space, and we had an opportunity to have a little conversation, and, um, you know, that's where we are. We're celebrating whatever progress we're making. We're even celebrating opportunity to be still. If you're still, you're still here. Come on. (laughs) preach to the choir. I'm telling you, it's... So right now, um, I'm also in a space. I've been in a, in a strange space since 2020. Honestly, it feels like life just keeps on lifing. And while that happens, you have goals, you have dreams that you can't stop. But the truth is when life happens, sometimes you do have to pause. Sometimes you do have to be still. Sometimes you have to rest. And um, one of the biggest things that I've done, I've been going to therapy. Oh Hello. Come on with it now. Come on. That's that's what we're that's what we're talking about. Black women go to therapy. We're going to therapy. That's what we yes. do. That is exactly what we do. Me, all my friends, we all on the same chat talking about everything, right? Yes. But one of the things my um, therapist tells me that I need to do more often because I have been exact, am exactly where you are, right? Where life is happening, but your goals still are there and you're trying your best to juggle it all, maintain your sanity and honor the people around you. It's a lot. But she told me to give myself grace. Some shoes are going to fall guess what they on the ground baby (laughs) we still like it's we can't do it all but it's important that we are we honor ourselves and we keep moving right yes exactly the only the only mistake we can make is if we give up that's it outside of that you're all right we're doing all right outside of not giving up we're doing okay you know so i actually this is a different pivot than I thought we were going to take. But in speaking about this, one of the things that I've been enjoying during my hard times, especially being able to 
treat myself in luxury. Yes. Okay. And I think a lot of the times when we have a lot going on, when we have opportunity to splurge, when we have opportunity to enjoy, we often feel guilty. Oh, I'll speak for myself. I have work guilt all the time. I have mm-hmm. family guilt. I have guilt a lot. That's why my therapist tells me to give myself grace because I'm constantly trying to give, 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 and I get burned yeah. out and everything, right? So mm-hmm. talk to me because you actually said something that you have no idea meant the world to me. Okay, so y'all know how podcasts go. We record, we edit, then we put it out. So by the time it comes out, it's way past the point. But I made a post and you actually said a line that meant something to me. You said, black women have always deserved luxury. So we're just going to jump right in. I want to know your thoughts on that, especially when it comes to your lifestyle brand and everything. Let's talk. I have just a little quick background. So I, you know, back in my youngin days, when I was first, you know, a young adult and starting to date and, you know, whatnot and trying to figure myself out and all that good stuff. And we out in these streets trying to figure it out. <laughs> out in these streets. Um, I dated someone who um, made a comment basically about what was attracted to me in terms of uh, things, right? And um, they, the comment that they made was, you know, was not a, a positive comment. It was, you know, kind of like meant to be a jab. Mm-hmm. And I said in that moment, and I didn't really realize what I was saying in that moment, but I said, I won't apologize for having a natural affinity for things that have quality. Period. Come on. Okay. I'm sorry. If my, now I know my best friend, she just said this in the car yesterday. <laughs> Yes. I'm not going to apologize. And, and, you know, I didn't really realize what I was saying at, at, in that very moment, but it stuck with me after that because that's really what it is. I have a natural affinity for things that have quality. It's not necessarily about the price tag, how much it is. It's about the quality. And, you know, as I started digging deeper in that throughout the years, I was like, you know, I realized that also stands for relationships, too. I want quality relationship with people, whether it's romantic, business, friendship, whatever it is, I want quality relationships. And if we can't do that, that's okay. We can just, you know, move, move around. Um, but just, I have always felt that historically our ancestors, ancestors had that mentality and appreciation for things that were meaningful, that were quality. And that's something that um, we didn't necessarily have economic access for mainstream, what I call mainstream luxury, right? Um, And so we didn't, here's a a perfect example, kind of an analogy. Tell me what is more luxurious than a big, beautiful, food-wise, than a big, beautiful plate of fresh out of the grease, glistening, crunchy, crispy fried chicken. There ain't nothing better in this world. Because <laughs> I want to take that bite when the, the steam is coming out. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> our, our ancestors took the scraps that they were given and created luxury. 
they created a luxurious moment. We, we're, we're, they gave us these scraps. We're going to sit down and have this Sunday family dinner together as a family and make that a luxury moment. So we've always had that affinity. And taking it to kind of modern times, as Black women, we are always the first one to support somebody, but the last one to <laughs> be taken care of, supported, recognized, etc. Okay. So because we have a natural affinity for it, and because of who we are as a group and what we do, we deserve luxury. We have an affinity for it. We deserve to have it. Um, it, it it's just a way of life for us. And, and again, I want to emphasize that uh, luxury has a broad-based meaning here because we're talking about things that have quality. Um, and sometimes those are things that are expensive and sometimes it's not. Sometimes the luxury is taking that vacation, um, that that resort that you always wanted to go to. That's a luxury moment because it is lavishing yourself and adorning yourself with the love and the time and the attention and the energy and um, you know the, the endorphins that we get from those things that we connect to luxuriate ourselves in those we deserve that whether it's material things emotional things jobs whatever but you know what else i want to add to that i want us to stop caring about what other people think who it's my money i'm spending it how i want to spend and something that makes me feel great that makes me feel beautiful that makes me feel peaceful we have to stop well we need to practice Yes. Not caring what other people think about our version of luxury and what we that's, want to do. That's it. it. It's time to just normalize that, right? Like, you know, if it, it has always puzzled me that people will um, have negative commentary about something that brings someone else joy when whatever that thing that person did to get the joy has no effect on the other person. Like, what? Talk about care? it. Why do you care? It, it doesn't affect your life in any way. Um, and it's brought or if joy. it is, if it is, I would encourage you to go to a therapist and discuss why. Because Work me making a decision for myself should not impact you. Should not. It impacting you is a you problem. It's not a me problem, though. Let's That's be clear. It. That's it. And for me, you know, luxury is very rooted in experiences. Like, I'm a very experiential person. Um, and so when I go somewhere, either I'm going to find the experiences or I'm going to make one. <laughs> I don't Talk care about it. where I go. We're going to have a good time. We time are going to be have had. a great time. It's going to be a memorable time. Um, Mr. Bubba knows, like when we travel, he knows, like the spot, we went to Austin recently and we went to this underground bar that was a record mm. bar. And there was a DJ there. He would, you know, pull out records and spin in, you know, the Fugees and spin in, um, you know, jazz and just all this stuff. And it was just this experience because you could sit at the bar and put on headphones and you could vibe with whatever was playing. The cocktails were amazing. 
Oh, we're always going to. <laughs> exactly. I need to know where that is. What's the name? Like, <laughs> that sounds like somewhere I need to be. Hold up. It was so good. We went that first night and then we made reservations to go the next night. It was just that good. So I'm always on the hunt, no matter where I go, I'm going to have an experience. I'm going to. And that includes luxury. Simple, plain and simple. Okay, so everyone, listen up. We're telling you, of course, <laughs> you know, read, you know, know your own amount and what you can afford, and you know, yes. mind your business, okay. <laughs> but please know that you deserve it. For especially the mothers out there, you know, there. I mean, I feel like we can point pinpoint different demographics that typically self sacrifice for the sake of what. And I, yeah. the reason why I said what is because it's different for other people. But again, it's something that you should explore. Why do you feel you don't deserve it? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to go ahead and go back okay. because we have to talk about who you are. <clears throat> I got my paper here. <laughs> so the <laughs> the Bubblista, by the way, I love that you call him Mr. Bubblista. Like, oh. Anyway, wouldn't it be Mr. Bubblista? Mr. No, he is Mr. Bubblista. Now, a man can be a bubbly stove, but he belongs to the bubbly stock. So he is Mr. Okay. Bubbly Let's make it clear. Thank you. I, I don't mind being corrected, child. Okay. So, Mrs. Bubbly Stop, right? You are a brand strategist, trademarks business and wine law attorney, freelance lifestyle journalist, blog and create. Well, at you blog and create digital content as the Bubblista online. I mean, you do it all. I'm trying to understand where did it start and how did we get here? <laughs> it's so it's so much, it's so much, but I, I mean, I love it and I appreciate it, but I need to understand the journey. You know, it was so interesting because um, when I went to law school, um, you know, I, I knew what I didn't want to do. Like, I knew what kind of law I didn't want to practice. I knew I didn't want to do family law. I knew I didn't really want to be like a, some big litigator. Um, I wanted to do something, and I don't mean this to be an insult to any other practice area, but I wanted to do something that gave me the ability to be mentally creative, right? So- That's okay, that's you. Only <laughs> you, they do them. <laughs> they do them, so. Um, I actually, uh, in my second year, my second year, in my second year of law school, law school is three years, in my second year, I took an elective in intellectual property, and was just testing the waters to kind of see, you know, what I wanted to do, and I ended up getting the highest grade in the class for that semester. Because I just loved it. (laughs) Come on, Collins, call us. It's not the other way around. And there you go. And I loved it. And so that's what got me interested in in trademarks. Um, Because, so, you know, I know y'all didn't come here for an intellectual property lesson today, but you don't take this tea and and do whatever you got. (laughs) But there are three. (laughs) There are three types of intellectual property, just really quickly. You've got patents, you've got trademarks, you've got copyright, okay? So out of those three, the only one that requires you to be in commerce, which means in business, which means doing something financial or economic is trademark. And so I kind of naturally gravitated towards that because it was, you know, business related. And um, I kind of felt like trademarking uh, was, you know, kind of putting the pieces together of this 
business puzzle and how am I gonna, you know, make my claim to this particular word or phrase or logo? And so I actually applied for and went and worked at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office as a trademark examining attorney. Um, there were 13 people selected out of, I think there were 600 applicants. And so it was just one of those things that, you know, you know you're going in the, the direction you're supposed to go in. Right. Um, and so I worked for the, the PTO as a trademark examining attorney, moved back from uh, D.C. and moved back to Texas and started doing trademark work on the other side of the proverbial desk for other people. One of the pivotal moments that happened at the trademark office was I had a uh, gentleman to give me a call and the trademark examining attorney who was handling his application left. And so I just happened to get you know, assigned this, this particular uh, uh, applicant. And he, so when you're applying to trademarks, you have to renew them periodically. Um, right. the, first ten, the first 10 years of the life of a trademark, you have to renew between years five and six. Then you have to renew, renew at year 10. Then after the first 10 years, it's just every 10 years, okay? okay? So this gentleman called me and you know was asking me about his trademark. So I looked it up and he had had the trademark for 13 years. So he, um, did the five to six year renewal, but he forgot to do the 10 year renewal. And what happens is um, you have like a certain grace period after the 10th year to, um, you know, they give you a little grace period if you forget. Well, he had forgotten to the extent that it was like in year 13. And once, if you don't renew your application abandoned, your trademark abandoned, which leaves it open for anybody else to get it. And that's what happened. Right. Somebody else applied for it, applied for it, was using it, and then they were cold-blooded, but that's the world, you know, the trademark that's world. That's how it goes. Sent him a cease and desist. No. Yes, told him, you can't use it anymore. You abandoned it. And this man, and he was a, a, a black man, an older black man. I actually looked him up afterwards because of, of this. He was asking me what to do, and I can't give you advice. I'm not your attorney. I was the attorney for the, for the government, but I was trying to give him information on, you know, who he needed to reach out to. And he was basically saying, so, you know, is there anything I can do about, you know, the person who has my trademark now? And I said, well, sir, you know, outside of, you know, hiring an attorney and, and trying to fight it, there's nothing that I can do. This man burst into tears on the phone. Oh my gosh. So that's what made me look to people. I would cry. <laughs> I would have to like put myself on mute because I am a sympathy crier. Yes. I felt so bad for him. Um, but that was like a turning point for me because it helped me to, to understand that people don't really fully grasp what trademarks are, what they mean to your business. Um, if people who listen to this don't hear or remember anything else about trademarks, remember that trademarks are an asset. It is something that you can sell, you can license, you can generate revenue from it. You can, um, if you're selling your business, you can sell your business separate and apart from your trademark. Um, oh, you wow. can increase oh, your yeah. business price. I know a business that's done that. Yeah. 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 So um, it's an asset. And one of the things that 
I have seen in, in um, our community in particular is we underestimate the value of our creative product, our work product, because sometimes it comes to us so easily and it's just like, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, I just discovered how to, you know, um, create world peace. It's not a big deal. I mean, it was so easy. It was you know, not a big deal. But in doing that, we do ourselves a disservice because there are people who are waiting to jump on something. I have a client who is um, a public figure and she had a, a child with a public figure. And when she had the child, um, when she announced the child's name, somebody went and got the URL for the child's name. Yeah. And so when my client wanted to register, trademark the name for the child, she had to buy the URL from the other person because there's there are always people looking to capitalize. Like, what can I do to capitalize? Um, and that's how they really do with, with trademarks. If, if you've got a good idea and you are putting this business together and you've got a great trademark, I, I, I talked to one of my longtime clients immediately before this, and he's like, hey, I'm getting ready to have this conversation with, you know, so-and-so, you know, person and we're going to talk about so-and-so project and I want to mention XYZ because I think you know this could be a good business and you know I want to be able to tell them I talked to my lawyer and she said that it was trademarkable so that's the the mindset that I want people to get into especially when it comes to the wine business because kind of segueing into you know wine law a big part of wine law is trademarking um, wine law is like largely trademarking, it's licensing, um, and then like agreements, like a distributor agreement, stuff like that. Um, but the important thing is wine names and labels. People, you know, get in trouble naming their wines, saying name somebody else named theirs, or using elements from somebody else's label to create their label. And, you know, because there has to be a level of, um, of research. Um, yes. I, I don't think that people, I almost like, um, I think people fall into business. Yes. Um, I can even say that I did that. Um, when I first became the millennial Psalm, I didn't understand what I was starting when I was making, cool. you know, wine content online. I was just trying to study. Okay. Mm-hmm. When everyone started following and they wanted to hire me for tastings and everything, it started to become a business. I just wasn't prepared. I didn't even understand. Right. So, I guess that's the advice you're probably speaking to people who don't, who aren't thinking future. They're thinking right now. Yes. And I want you to give yourself credit because you and I had a conversation, you know, you, you sought out information and that's the thing to do. You know, if you kind of, you find yourself in a position where you're like, Oh, I didn't expect this to take off. Um, seek out somebody, you know, somebody's plural. If you need to plural. Plural, ask questions, figure out, you know, kind of get your, get, get your questions answered. And, and what happens typically during that process, you're, you're talking to somebody and you're asking your questions. The person that you're normally talking to will then in turn ask you questions and, and direct you in some, in some, you know, avenues that you need to look at as well. So, you know, 
the, the, the two things, value what you create, protect what you create, and ask about how to do it if you need to. Absolutely. Okay. And there are plenty of resources out there um, mm-hmm. if you want. Please, if you if you want to, okay, no, no pressure, but I love to put as much information as possible in the caption below. You'll know about the wines that we're drinking listeners. You will also know about resources, um, that can help you with your business, right? We can do that trademark business. Come on. That's right. We can do it. We we can do that. (laughs) Now, you know, I told her, I was like, now this interview is not going to be longer than 30 minutes. Okay. Um, but I wanted to, I, I don't know. It's something about listening to people talk about their passion. Um, I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to, you know, I wanted you to get it off and you got it off, baby. Okay. Educate the people. (laughs) Um, so I guess right now, before we leave, I would love to know, (laughs) Ooh. Let me see what I got. Because I have so many questions and we didn't get to like half of them. Um, I'm rambling on about trademarks. Girl. No, you, but you're not rambling. You are educating <laughs> folks. And we need to put that in the right category. But is there anything you would like to leave with the people? Our wine community. So can I just talk really quickly to um, wine professionals? You know, talk to them. BIPOC wine professionals. So I'm kind of circling back to my trip to Italy, going on this press trip. Um, At the end of last year, one of the things that I said was, you know, it's time for me to start going on press trips. It's time for me to do it. I just need to figure out how to do it. You know, what what do I have to do? So um, the short story there is last year I uh, worked with um, a company called Charles Communications and um, a woman who had watched my um, I'm sorry, watched my lives, my lives and my stories when I would do Beats and Bubbly. Like I used to do it every week, just consistently every week. Um, Mr. Bubblista and I would go outside and sit in our gazebo. We play, he, he played the soundtrack. I'd have Bubbly. You know, and so it was Having just a kind good of one of the things having a good time. We started doing it during the pandemic. And so, um, like, I was super consistent with it because it was just what we were doing. And someone saw that and then recommended me for um, a project to work with Prosecco Superiore DOCG. It was called Plates and Playlists. And um, Mm -hmm. there were like four of us, you know, that they picked wine professionals. I love when the groups are small. Yes, four of us and, you know, we did this project and um, from there, I, so earlier this year, I went to um, a conference, Texon. I think you've heard of, have you heard of Texon? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I have. Okay. So I went to a retreat that they do and um, I just so happened to He's standing next to the Charles in Charles Communication. And she looked at me, she's like, hey, you know, I know your face, you know, your bubblist or whatever, you did this project. She's like, oh yeah, you know. And so we started kind of talking and we just kind of clicked. Um, we were polishing wine glasses at the time. We just kind of clicked, we started talking. And the next day we happened to be in line together at, uh, for lunch. And she's like, you know what, I'm going to uh, take a 
press trip to Prosecco. Do you want to go? Um, um, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that was in May, and then I was in Italy in June. You know, it was that quickly. Yeah. So kind of the lesson there that I'm, I'm wanting to kind of share with people is, you know, we've heard it before time and time again. Um, when you can be consistent, be consistent. When you can. Yes. You can't always when be consistent. You when you can. And give yourself that grace because like you said earlier, life be like So it you can't right, always. Man. Yeah. So be consistent when you can. Understand that people are always watching. Someone is always looking. Someone is always noticing. And so whatever it is you're creating is not in vain. I know early on, I felt like I was talking to the, you know, the atmosphere because nobody was really talking about sparkling wine in 2015 when I first started talking about it. Or if they were talking about it, I didn't know where they were. Yes. And, um, you know, I was just kind of talking into the, to the atmosphere, into the ethos. And so now I understand there's somebody, there's always somebody watching. The other thing that I want for... Um, us BIPOC wine professionals to do is to make sure we start going to more of these events, these conferences, um, these professional, you know, events, because that's where you develop relationships with people. Um, that's where you get the opportunity to have the opportunity, you know? Absolutely. And so um, just because I happen to be at this place, you know, with someone who already had some exposure to me that's how I ended up being in Italy um you know I have a couple of other hopeful trips in the in the hopper right now we'll see how that plays out but again one of the ones is a result from being at the top and me Mm -hmm. just kind of following up afterwards and talking and expressing um my interest not just in going on some trip but interest in that category that specific product and it was genuine it is genuine you can look at my content and see you know it was genuine so i'm sure they mm-hmm. look at my content to see um and so but as you continue to make content as well these other companies will see you and invite you exactly, and all of that exactly so we just got to start showing up more showing up fully as ourselves showing up fully showing up more um, making the relationships and, and just being consistent where we can with our content, stay true to our content. Um, one of my a woman was mentoring me and saying, you know, I was saying, I wonder if I should kind of talk about, you know, still wines more. She's like, you know, I'm going to tell you this. She's like, I come see you for sparkling wine. I can go to a lot of other places for wine, but you have built something for yourself in sparkling wine. So I'm not saying don't talk about wine, but don't neglect sparkling wine and try to talk about other stuff mm-hmm. and so whatever your true you know niche or, or, or passion or wine ideology is stick with it but I'll even add to that because I think if you know your passion is sparkling wine and you feel pressure because you look around and there's other people you know, stick to that sparkling wine. If there's a still wine that you're interested in talking about, but your platform is all bubbles, you -hmm. can talk about that other wine. But I want to say this, because this is for the person in the back who's like me. When life tells you that it's time to grow, it's time to expand, and it's time to talk about something else, a lot of people will tell you not to change because they are used to that same version and they want to continue to go to you for that. And I want to encourage you to honor your journey where you are 
talk to a therapist, talk to people that you know who can tr- you can trust who are not going to give too much bias because people who care about you are always going to have a little bit of bias, right? right. Um, but I want people to honor where they are because I never want someone don't make me cry because y'all know I'm always crying. I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> it's just where I am. I'm sensitive right now. But I never want people to go through what I've gone through yeah. um, in the last two years where there's mm-hmm. a struggle of growth and a struggle of being exactly where people want you to be. Yeah. You have to be daring to try something new and to expand, right? And so yes. um, I encourage you, Ms. Bubbleista, okay, <laughs> to, you know, continue doing you. And if you want to go on these press trips, you know, sometimes I'll get um, invites and they'll say, who else do you think? I'll make sure yes. that I mention your name. I got you. It's this is all community. That. Yes. And that, oh, you just hit on something. I know we need to go. No, go on talk. It's my podcast. We do what we want. <laughs> I would love to see more of what you just did, like more of that community. Um, I, I think there's room for more. I'll just say it that. Way. I think there's room yes. for more. I, I the 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 guides that I write for um, the sit schedule that I write for Sweet July. I put educational mm-hmm. opportunities at the bottom because I'm trying to share the knowledge. It's, look, here's mm-hmm. something that you can, you know, jump in on and, and expand your, your knowledge base. If there's some, uh, you know, opportunity or something or some event or whatever, I want to start talking about that. Let's list all the wine events that you might want to start going to. You might want to go to Vin Italy. You might want to go to Pro Wine. You might want to go to Lafayette Champagne or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they make wine everywhere. The everywhere so Dream. Can we where you want to go where you want to go where do you want to go sharing more of that kind of knowledge and information um and and just like you said just i got you yeah yeah well thank you for having me as far as having my back and being a guest on the millennial song podcast <laughs> um you. you've been absolutely amazing i knew you would be because thank come on it's you, you. Can we just talk about expectation of excellence when it comes to black women? Because that's what we do. What? Uh, <laughs> that's what uh, we do. That's what we do. I appreciate it. So, <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. But we're going to go ahead and head to the next segment. See you soon. Or talk to you soon. I don't know, y'all. I'll talk to you in a minute. Bye. <laughs> to learn more about the Bubbleista and how to best support her in all of her endeavors, please check out the description below. Okay. I love her. She's such a great energy and you heard it for yourself. This woman has all the wisdom from living in luxury to also business, right? Wine, everything. She got it. But I'm not going to keep y'all too long because obviously the the interview did go a little bit over and y'all, I guess, I guess my podcast is going to be like 45 minutes to an hour from here on out. Wild. Never thought I would see the day because when I first started, I was like, yeah, we doing 15, 20 minutes because y'all ain't about to wrap me up. Well, these interviews got me singing a different tune speaking of tunes let's go ahead and talk about our music and wine playlist um i slaved over this playlist for a while obviously wanting it to be a music playlist that went well with um with sparkling wine because we had the bubbleista this week um and there were just certain songs that i've been dying dying to use um in a playlist but i also felt was a great vibe for sparkling wine if you are like me 
I'm a very chill girl. My music ranges. You know, I listen to country. I listen to rock. I listen to jazz, classical, you know, rap, hip hop. And the biggest thing for me when I create these playlists is that I'm focused on creating a vibe. I, I love to cross uh, genres, uh, you know what I mean? And totally just create a moment when, when you listen to it, you are in the space that I feel the music brings you to. Um, and so for this, I called this uh, playlist that I did for my music pairing, the sparkling showers. I described it as the ultimate soundtrack for those moments when you yearn for effervescent sips as soft raindrops tap upon your window pane, right? So it was raining uh, when I first started creating this playlist. And then when I was rounding it out, it was also still raining. I had a difficult time trying to figure out how to create the atmosphere, the vibe of this playlist. And I am actually very satisfied with where I left it. The song inspiration for the playlist was Only When I'm Dreaming by Minnie Rippleton, um, which girl, <laughs> I love her so much, um, but there are a few different songs in this playlist that I feel totally are just great songs to listen to when you chilling in the house and it's, you know, a little rainy outside, a little gloomy, but you want your champagne or you want your bubbles and you just trying to chill and just vibe. This is the playlist for that. So please enjoy and know that I love you guys so much and I take pride in creating these playlists and sharing them with you because this is just a part of me. Music has always been a part of my life and I hope that in the future I can continue to bring you guys into my musical world. But for right now, we're going to do baby steps and just, you know, focus on the music. So if you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure that you comment, share, like, and also let me know if there are any topics that you want me to cover because this podcast is, yes, it's therapy for me. It's a great way to connect and share my journey and talk to other professionals and wine lovers alike, but this is for you. So if there's anything you want me to talk about, anything you want me to cover, don't be afraid to let me know. DM me, email me, or just write in the comments, all right? But I love y'all and, uh, or the reviews rather. I love y'all and I'll see y'all very soon, okay? Peace. Y'all know what time it is, the Millennial Song Podcast, have a seat and grab a glass, Millennial Song Podcast, time to wind down, swirl that glass, open up, if you like how it's feeling, catch the vibe, y'all know what time it is, the Millennial Song Podcast, have a seat and grab a glass, Millennial Song Podcast, time to wind down, swirl that glass.